Community Access Radio in Carbondale, Colorado, in the United States. This is program number 26 of the Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low-vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. I'm Nick Eisenberg. When blind people go places, we don't experience things like our sighted friends. We don't see towering mountains or romantic sunsets. The goal of this program is to create experiences that are more meaningful or just more fun for us and our sighted traveling companions. The Tactile Traveler hopes to empower people not only to go literally around the world, but around the block to new adventures in their lives. Blind ranges from people who are visually impaired and glasses and contact lenses no longer allow them to lead a normal life. To people like me, who are totally blind. To sighted parents with blind children. Blind parents with sighted children and blind parents with blind children, and people of all ages, interests, and physical abilities. On today's program, Breaking Through Our Mental Barriers, with Eric Weinmeier, the first blind person to climb Mount Everest, go yoga, and dialing telephone extensions is now easier, or just plain possible at Yellowstone National Park in the United States. And now we just entered these pine woods. It is just gorgeous back here. You could probably smell smell the pine. Okay, you got some major rocks in the middle right here. Come on to your left here. This is probably be best. And then let's swing over to the right. Yeah, it's nice and cool back here. Matt Kissimmee from the Audio Information Network of Colorado is guiding me up the North Fork Argentine hiking trail at the Arapahoe Basin Ski Area in Colorado. Not only is the view breathtaking, Matt is working hard to catch his breath because we're climbing at 11,000 feet. That's 3,352 meters above sea level. We're not climbing alone. We're on a trip with about 350 people, organized by No Barriers USA, co-founded by Eric Weinmeier, the first blind person to summit Mount Everest. And with another blind athlete, we're the first blind people to kayak the Grand Canyon, who's hiking a few people behind us. So this is our No Barriers Summit and our event called What's Your Everest. Um, so it's a couple days of this amazing celebration where we bring our whole community together, our whole No Barriers community together. Uh, we have uh, injured veterans and we have uh, kids who have faced challenges, kids in the foster care system, first-generation Americans. Uh, we have people with physical challenges, people who are blind and deaf and in wheelchairs, but also um, we encompass all those folks with invisible challenges. You know, they have fear and anxiety and uh, or even just normal people that are, you know, trying to bring an idea or 
something to life and, you know, facing challenges along the way in that process. So it's a pretty eclectic community. Figuring out how people with such a variety of physical disabilities is itself a challenge. Of course, it's been met because people meeting those disabilities know there's no barriers. Folks who can't use their legs use hand-powered bicycles. People who can't use their legs or arms use electric wheelchairs that have tracks on them instead of wheels. One man who was unable to control a track wheelchair was pulled up the mountain in a special wheelchair. I was guided by Matt by holding his arm or by a rope attached to my water bottle belt that he looped back over his hand. Eric was guided the same way he was guided up Mount Everett. Well, the way I hike is that I use these two long trekking poles, Lecky Trekking Poles. Um, Lecky is a really great company. I think they're a German company, but they have a U.S. subsidiary. And so they make these trekking poles, and mine are really long. They go up to, like, I can extend them so all the way up to about my nose or even my forehead so that when I'm going down the mountain, I can extend them and lean forward on my poles and give myself the support I need. Somebody hikes in front of me with a bear bell. And they jingle that bear bell in front of me, so I just follow them. And they'll give me some directions. They'll say drop off to the right or hospital fall to the right. And folks are telling me, like, the consequences, you know what I mean? Like, hey, it's a narrow trail, it's a rocky trail, there's a big rock to the right, there's a big drop off to the left, whatever it may be. Melissa Wishburn, who lives in Englewood, Colorado, and was sponsored by the Audio Information Network of Colorado, is exactly a member of No Boundaries Target Population. I'm 45 years old, and I've always been visually impaired. I was born with scarring in my retina, and I've just always held myself back because of fear that I couldn't do certain things and that I would hurt myself and that nobody would take me seriously as a blind individual. So I just held myself back, you know, with having that low self-esteem. And she had exactly the experience No Barriers hoped she would. This experience has been a milestone along with other things in my life, but this experience, yes, has, as far as the outdoors goes, I'm I'm not very into nature. As it is, I'm more, as I was laughing with everybody at the hike, I'm more the girl that they'll find me at the mall or salon, and that's my entertainment. I've never been an outdoorsy person at heart. So it was a challenge, and I felt really good that I did it and that I achieved it, and I got up, and I, I met the challenge, and now I know that I can continue and be there next year again. After loud cheers from everyone as they reached their goal, Eric Weinmeyer added his congratulations to everyone. Well, cool. Thanks, guys. How many people are folks who have been at this event for in the past? Glad you didn't raise your hand. That would have been the people that joined the Darwin Awards. You raised your hand. No, I'm just kidding. Even if you did, it's fine. And how many new people? Well, thank you for being a part of this this movement that we call No Barriers. 
when we started it, we were really thinking, you know, like, as, as folks with challenges, different kinds of struggles, we just didn't want to wait around for people. Many people stayed for more speakers and activities the next day. Go to NoBarriers.org from anywhere in the world for a trip out of your comfort zone and into a new life. Cat Bradbury and Penn Street helped with this story. In 2016, Laney Morse came up with an idea that's spreading around the world. Goat yoga. The goats don't do yoga. They interact with the people who do. A very tactile experience. I had been going through a rough time in my life. I'd just been diagnosed with a disease and getting a divorce. And it was the only thing that made me feel better really was being around my goats. And they were just so therapeutic. And so I started calling it Goat Happy Hour and inviting people over. And it was always the same result if people were animal lovers or not. They were just, you know, they were calm, you know, they'd show up and they'd be stressful and by the time they left, they'd be smiling. And and so it really became a thing in my town and one of my friends asked if I would be interested in raffling off a kid's birthday party, a goat happy hour kid's birthday party at my farm. And so I did and one of the moms there was Heather Davis and she's a yoga instructor and you know we were standing out in my field and it was beautiful views and the kids were playing with the goats and she's like you know you should let me have a yoga class out here and I just started laughing and thinking okay but the the goats are going to be all over the humans and she was like cool let's do this (laughs) and so I just started marketing it as goat yoga and get out in beautiful nature and surround yourself with therapeutic animals disconnect from stress and and that message resonated with people i think now laney has 10 goat yoga centers in the united states called original goat yoga and there are 500 goat yoga centers around the world what happens at a goat yoga center varies greatly michelle tritton is owner of the Hello Critters Goat Yoga Center in Los Angeles. We have certified yoga instructors lead classes of yoga that are with goat-friendly poses. Goat-friendly are poses that the goats like to jump on the participant's back or go underneath the participants, they go through their legs. The goats help to deepen participants' stretches. They help to strengthen their core. And they are great at creating laughter and joy. That's probably the number one benefit of goat yoga. And they also are good for testing your balance and opening your heart, helping you get into the present moment, connecting with your inner child. Gemma Irwin teaches goat yoga at the Maple Hill Farm in Ottawa, Canada. She says yoga poses invite goats to interact with people. The sounds you hear in the background are Gemma's three-year-old son, not a goat that the the goats would be invited into the room and they get to play and 
we do yoga and they jump around and, and come and say hi to the different participants. And sometimes they hop in our laps or hop on top of us while we were doing downward dog pose or tabletop pose on all fours. And the ghosts quite enjoy hopping from one participant to the next because any Anytime you get down low onto the ground, we noticed the goats really enjoyed, uh, like they took this as an invitation to uh, participate and engage with the students or the participants of the class. Gemma says you don't have to see the goats to know when they're coming towards you. For a blind person, if they were in the goat yoga class, they would certainly be able to sense know the goat's presence like you could sense by smell you can sense by obviously you know if the goats are running you're definitely going to feel that in the air and and the air pressure and 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 the breeze maybe going past you the goats are quite interested in in certain body parts like hair. You would feel them. They might sniff you. They might nibble on your hair. When you're in a pose that's relaxing, if you're sitting down, the goats tend to sit down next to you or lay down next to you or lay down partially on you. So any person or a blind person would would certainly notice that. Gemma says that there's no way that you can do goat yoga without, at least for a little while, forgetting the stresses in your life. With goat yoga, there is no way that you can be in a goat yoga class but have your mind elsewhere. Because surely having the goats in the room, you're just, you're, it's such an experience that it keeps you present. It keeps you in that time and space in that moment and then typically the other thing that we got with participants was they were animal lovers so they loved to interact with the goats that connection with the animals and the playfulness that the goats always brought to every single class it it just left you with a great feeling everyone left those classes laughing, giggling, uh, just just more energetic, just happier. It, it improved everyone's mood. Sherry Lewis-Peterson is the executive director of the Farming for the Future Academy, which is on the grounds of the Veterans Administration Nursing Home in Columbia Falls, Montana. Her program is designed as therapy. People will come into our programs with Deaf, blind, hard of hearing, autism, Down syndrome, ADHD, ADD, developmental disability, dementia, Alzheimer's. Many of our veterans or students or kids or community members that come in, they have sensory issues. Let's say autism. And the tactile part of that, to be able to relax and reach out and still be able to feel and caress and touch or have the goats come in to nibble some feed off from the bottom of your foot when you're reaching out with it. Those are things that give that extra pleasure and those release those gratifying endorphins. So that's where that comes in. We need to be able to give those exercises, those breathing techniques, 
but yet we try to make it so they're able to reach out at the same time and touch and feel, and it's also very calming. And, and sometimes it's not. The goats sometimes want to just play, so they're standing on their hind legs, but yet that is another part of that joy that you're getting from being in an area where you can you can be there and you can feel them, you can touch them, they're playing, they're enjoying themselves, you're enjoying yourselves, you're exercising with other people, and that's where the goat yoga part comes in. Sherry says some of her clients do chair yoga instead of lying on the floor on yoga mats. One 98-year-old deaf-blind woman does her yoga from her wheelchair, and reaching out to touch the goats is part of her stretching exercises. Different goat yoga centers have different philosophies of what goat yoga should be. Lenny Morse from the original goat yoga. I don't allow people to give my goats treats. We don't use treats in our goat yoga class, on my farm anyway, because that makes for a crazy goat. If they're always trying to get food, I do see people use food a lot to get them on people's backs, but it just seems so orchestrated and not organic. Well, goats use their heads a lot to communicate, and so what they'll do is they'll sit down next to you, and then they'll just rub their head up against you, your leg, your arm, your shoulder, and just lean into you like they're snuggling you. And, and that's what ours do. Again, you know, we're all making people happy, so it, it'll be different from whatever farm you go to. They're babies. They love to jump up. They're prey animals, so they like to be up and so they can see things better. And so you know, that's where you see all these goats jumping on people. It's just their natural instinct to do that. It's not something you train. But as they get bigger, they don't jump on people anymore, and I don't think people would want them to because <laughs> they get bigger. But they really just lay down on the yoga mat next to you and chill out. And we call it head hugs. They kind of rub their head up against you. And, you know, anytime you quit petting them, they are reminding you that they, they want you to pet them. <laughs> so it's just, you know, having them nearby. And it, it's just very calming. So check out the goat yoga centers you're considering to see if they do what you're looking for. Jody Witchhouse who is totally blind, says didn't know what to expect when she went to Rocky Mountain Goat Yoga near Denver, Colorado with another blind friend. As we were doing our yoga poses, there were goats surrounding us and just running around having a good old time. First, so if you're in a downward position, like a tabletop position or a downward dog, the goats will come and jump on your back, jump from you to another person that's next to you if you're close enough. If you're in a warrior-type position and your legs are more open, the goats will come and brush up against you and want you to pet them. They're almost like little dogs. So they're always running around. They want attention and they're trained to do those things. So it was a really fun experience. Jody said she was surprised by how big the goats were. Yeah, I know. So you would think that they were going to be baby goats. And that while they do have some activities with baby goats, the main yoga is not. So we were expecting little tiny baby goats, and we got 
20, 25 pound goats that were jumping on our backs and you can hold them and do tree pose and different things. So they were a lot bigger than we thought they would be. Jody says it's very experiential, which is especially nice for those of us who are at any level of blindness. I would say get out there and try something new. Um, like I said, we didn't know what to expect, but we wanted to try something different. And it's a great experience. You know, something fun, something different, and it's definitely worth it. Google Goat Yoga near me to find your closest Goat Yoga Center or where you'll be visiting. George Dutch, Jen Spear, Julie Hill, and Andrew Wicklice helped with this story. Calling in an extension on an automated switchboard can be tricky or even impossible when you're blind. When using a screen reader on your phone or for some other reason can't move your fingers quickly while dialing, I use the screen reader voiceover on my iPhone. I swipe right to go down the keyboard or swipe left to go up the keyboard. When I hear the number I want, I double tap on it, and then swipe up or down to go to the next number. Here I am calling my local ski area to get the snow reports, one of their most frequently dialed extensions. If you're looking for a specific department, here is a list of extensions. Snow reports, extension 201. The downtown ski and bike shop. What you just heard is the phone system timing out. No matter how many times I try, it times out before I finish dialing. It's especially a problem when going from low numbers like 1, 2, or 3 to high numbers like 7, 8, 9, or 0. The same thing happened when I tried to call the public information officer at Yellowstone National Park. What I finally had to do was call my U.S. Senator whose staff member contacted the National Park Service in Washington, who then contacted the PIO at Yellowstone and had her call me. It took over a week. As a result of working with Dave Kruger, digital media specialist at Yellowstone, timing out is no longer a problem at Yellowstone, Instead of timing out after three seconds, you now have nine seconds to reach the next number. Why, it's my talking scale, reminding us that we'd like you to weigh in on how we're doing. Please send us an email with story ideas in the subject line to the tactile traveler at gmail.com. We spell traveler the American way with one L. If you'd like to help underwrite this program, 
please send us an email with underwriting in the subject line. Transcripts of this program are available for our deaf listeners by searching the tactile traveler in any search engine. This program is being broadcast on the Audio Information Network of Colorado and in additional states. It's also available by typing the Tactile Traveler into any search engine and available wherever you get podcasts. It's also available by asking your smart speaker to play the podcast, The Tactile Traveler. We'd like to thank the following organizations and people who have helped make today's program possible. Be My Eyes Microsoft Accessibility Tech Support. Apple Accessibility Tech Support, Pat Caro, Lorraine Hutchinson, Sarah Williams, Sophia Williams, Lucas Turner, and Raleigh Burley. This has been the Tactile Traveler, empowering blind and low vision people to explore the world and helping our sighted friends see the world in a new way. This has been a production of KDNK Community Access Radio, Carbondale, Colorado.